The Mom Hour is brought to you by The Essential Calendar. Sarah, this is our favorite calendar for busy moms because its beautiful and simple design shows around three months at a time. Yeah, and with summer fast approaching, now is a great time to get The Essential Calendar and see what I've been raving about all these years. Get 10% off your order at theessentialcalendar.com slash themomhour. That's 10% off at theessentialcalendar.com slash themomhour. Hi, I'm Sarah. And I'm Megan. We're two moms with eight kids between us from little to grown. We're in different areas of the country and in different stages of life. But we both know that motherhood's a lot easier when real moms share tips and encouragement. And remind you that it's really all going to be okay. We're not experts. We're parents who've been there. We're not perfect. We're real. Welcome to the Mom Hour. Hey, everyone, and welcome to episode 176 of the Mom Hour. I am Megan Francis here, as always, with Sarah Powers. What's up, Sarah? Hey, happy October. I'm just still, like, feeling really sneezy and, like, stuffy. <laughs> and as I was saying, I felt like it was, like, the kid in the cartoon <laughs> as I was saying 176. So I apologize if I am not up to par today. Um, but very excited. Oh, thank you. Uh, very excited about another listener question episode. We usually do these back to back episode 175. Um, we took three questions. And so this is part two. And we, you know, we love to hear from you guys. We love when you record yourself sending us questions. And um, we try to like, I don't know, run the gamut as far as which ones we select to cover um, yeah. you know, age ranges, different kinds of topics, stuff like that. So if you've sent us a question in the past and we haven't covered it, we might still in the future, we might make it into its own episode. Um, but right last week we actually covered, it was kind of a, a pretty diverse yeah. group of issues. There was a tricky neighbor situation. Yes. Um, not a that biting... tricky a neighbor, not like a, not like a creepy neighbor situation. No, I re- no. The neighbor situation itself was the, tricky, not yes. tricky neighbor. I, I applied the <laughs> adjective to the wrong object so the situation is the object of the sentence not the yes. neighbor um a biting toddler yep love those and mom meltdowns oh, yeah. and this week we're going to talk about strong-willed children uh judgment about family size and spacing i definitely can speak to that yep um and kid crushes and puppy love and also giving gifts to grandparents so we've got four i love it yeah we're gonna get going Megan, the end of the school year and kickoff to summer is a busy time of the year for families, but we can all eat stress-free and hit our wellness goals with ready-to-eat meals from our sponsor, Factor. Factor's delicious meals are never frozen and can be ready to eat in just two minutes. You can pick from a weekly menu of 35 options, including popular choices like Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Plus, they have more than 60 add-ons like breakfast, lunch, snacks, and beverages to keep you fueled all day long. So our team was comparing notes recently on our favorite factor meals, and Katie loved the herb-crusted chicken with mashed cauliflower and toasted almond green beans. I loved that one, too. And get this, so did her little boy, Charlie. She heated it up for lunch one day, and Charlie, who's three, ate almost all of the green beans. I mean, that's quite an endorsement, right? I was going to say, what a parenting win. (laughs) And I get it, Charlie. Those green beans are crazy good. And if you really want to treat yourself, they even have meals with filet mignon, shrimp, truffle butter, broccolini, and asparagus. Listeners, head to factormeals.com slash momhour50 and use code momhour50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box. That's code momhour5050 at factormeals.com slash momhour50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box while your subscription is active. 
Okay, Megan, like many of our listeners, I'm sure I've been doing some spring cleaning in my closet lately, and it always feels so good to get rid of clothes I'm not wearing, things that don't fit or that aren't my style anymore. But you know what I realized? All of my Vionic shoes are always in the keep pile. They just tick all the boxes. They're cute, comfy, high quality. They last forever. And I love growing my Vionic collection, especially with the latest styles from their Vionic Vitals collection. The Vionic Vitals collection offers daily wear styles designed for elegance, comfort, and versatility. We both love the Uptown Loafer, which collapses flat, so it's perfect for travel. The Chardonnay Heeled Sandal, which I know you love, Sarah. The Walk 23 Classic Sneaker, which our team member Katie gets compliments on all the time. And the Willa Slip-On Flat, one of my favorites, which comes in 12 colors for any outfit. Yeah, I need to uh, get the Willa Slip-On Flat. That's next on my list. Well, listeners, if you're ready to try the shoes we're always raving about, use code THEMOMHOUR15 at checkout for 15% off your entire order at bionicshoes.com when you log into your account. That's one-time use only. Bionic Shoes, wearable well-being for your feet. So should we jump in? Yeah. So Stacy recorded her question. Woohoo. Should we just go ahead and play it? Yeah, let's just play it. Hi, Megan and Sarah. This is Stacy from Montana. My question today is, do either of you have a strong-willed child? My son is four years old and he is the definition of a strong-willed child. I currently struggle with how to discipline him and facing daily challenges of just how to parent him. And so my question for you is, both of you is, have either of you had a strong-willed child and how did you handle that? One of my biggest concerns is that my parenting will end up pushing him away and I don't want to damage our relationship as we butt heads with his behavior and I feel like I'm not parenting him in the best way. Also, since you both have older children, if you've had a strong-willed child or you do have a strong-willed child, just for some maybe hope and inspiration that in the future there are some positive things to come from having a strong-willed child, which I know that there are, but it's hard to see right now as I am in the daily battle with my four-year-old strong-willed child. Thank you. Okay, Stacy. thank you for the question. So what's kind of funny is last week we had a question um, that wasn't really, it was about mom meltdowns, but yes. it also involved a strong-willed child. And so we actually went into kind of a lot about yeah. that specific kind of relationship. I think the answer is yes, we both had strong-willed children. Do you want to call out your strong-willed children by name or maybe talk about phases or ages that were particularly strong-willed? You want to hear something interesting? <laughs> Isaac was definitely my strongest-willed child as probably up to age four or five. Uh-huh. And now I would call him like my biggest softie. Oh which is interesting. Very just, just interesting. A observation. And how old is he now for those who don't he's, know? He's 18. He got up at six o'clock this morning to build a dresser for me. Oh, like it was half done. Yeah. Um, but he was helping me last night and he had to go to bed and then I was like, Oh, okay. And then he's like, I'll get up early tomorrow. And then I woke up and it was done. I couldn't oh, believe it. Anyway, I know. Really right. Sweet. So sometimes the, I think that the, he's also very disciplined about guitar. I mean, he's just really a cool kid. And I think sometimes the things that make a four-year-old feel impossible yeah. Are the things that make a 14 year old and beyond awesome. And, you know, he definitely started to like figure some of that stuff out in his elementary school years. But what I also think is interesting is Owen is also a strong willed child. However, it manifested differently. Yep. And I experienced it differently yep. with Owen. So some of that is because he's just got a different personality and his strong willedness came out more through extreme stubbornness yeah. and extreme like having to be right about everything and like that kind of stuff. But also by that point, I had four kids and I just didn't pay as much attention 
to him. So the experience of having even two strong-willed children can be very different. Um, yes. But I, what I think was really interesting is one of the things we talked about last week was that power struggle dynamic that can come yeah. between a strong-willed kid and their parent. And I think sometimes you have to be a little hands-off for that to not get so under your skin. So that's yeah. like the first thing I'll say. And Sarah, I'll let you answer about your strong-willed yeah. child or children. Yeah. Okay. So I, um, I would say I have one for sure. Strong-willed child is my third child. Um, just very high energy, very high emotional, like everything's a big deal. So it's like, it's high physical energy, high drama, easily provoked. And then also a provoker, like also a trouble starter. But then I also have my middle child who's now eight. And I talked about him more at length in when we answered Sherry's question last week, um, was, challenging to parent in the four, five, six year old. And I I don't know that I would have defined it as strong willed, but like really emotionally charged, really inflexible and definitely deals with some anxiety and like mm-hmm. that kind of thing. So um, between the two, for sure. But I think Violet is the, Violet gets the label. We don't like to label well, kids, but we don't. In, but like she's such an outward manifestation yeah. of it. Like she projects yes. her strong willedness so yes. hard. Um, and that does make it a little bit different because then not only is it you dealing with it, but the world yes, is dealing with it's, it. It's yeah. outwardly apparent. So, yeah. okay. So let me say a couple of things. Um, I, I always come back to that thing, you know, like that old thing. And I don't think it's true probably, but they say like, oh, if you have an easy pregnancy, you might have a difficult infant or the hardest infants that give you such a hard colicky time. They turn out to be the easiest toddlers or like you said, that, about actually, Isaac. that was actually true for me, like right. four times out of five. Right. And then the crazy toddler turns out to be the sweetest teenager. So I am going to like draw an analogy here that like you in your motherhood, like like lottery that you drew, you're going to have like some things that are way harder than other parents and some things that are easier. And I think the sooner we can sort of like um, detach from like. I did this or this is being done to me or I'm messing this up. It's not like bad or good. It just is. So you have a strong-willed kid. I think there's some real pluses to that. I think there's there's articles you can read about how strong-willed children thrive later. And there's some great things because all of us who've had a really um, timid kid or a kid who has trouble asserting their opinions, that's a different challenge when you get into things like peer pressure in the teen years. So like it's none of it is bad or good. It just is what is. And I think you and I can say that from, from like the benefit of hindsight, Mm -hmm. it doesn't make it any easier. So Stacy, I love that she said one of her biggest concerns is that parenting, like coming to blows with this strong-willed child will end up pushing him away. And she doesn't want to damage their relationship as they kind of butt heads over behavior. So first of all, I think the fact that you even know that that's a thing right. puts you in the top 1% of parents who understand kind of child development and emotional learning. And so you are probably already doing so great. And all I would say to that is <laughs> having a strong-willed kid requires a lot more forgiveness of yourself because mm-hmm. you're going to probably mess up more than, you, not mess up, but like we talked about with Sherry last week and the and the mom meltdowns, they're going to provoke you more than an easy kid yep. would. So you're going to have more opportunities to apologize and to kind of yep. own up to your mistakes. Um, so it requires, and it also requires a lot of forgiveness of the kid. Like strong-willed kids are not put on this earth to make your life miserable. They're not doing things to torment you. They yes. are asserting their independence and they're probably dealing with something. So I think a lot of strong-willed kids are struggle with either sensory issues or anxiety issues. And I don't mean just at like the clinical level where you've got to go see somebody about it, but underneath that they are, there's something that's making it 
harder for them to regulate. And in a lot of cases that you can just do some reading and do some learning and and support that kid. Or sometimes maybe it is a situation where you want to get some kind of professional help either for yourself or the kid. But strong-willed kids aren't, they're not doing it to be difficult. They're doing it for a reason. And so I think that along with the letting go of like, this isn't, (laughs) this isn't your fault or anyone's fault. um, You just have to kind of like, just let go and hang on for the ride. Right. Yeah, I agree. And, um, Stacey also said she feels like she's not parenting her son in the best way, which made me go like that. Oh, like I know that feeling like, but there, there just isn't a best way. That's the problem because you're learning as you go and the kids learning you as you go. And like, it's your specific relationship. The thing about parenting is it's a relationship, right? So there's not like a book you can follow or a formula or a, there's no best practices. Because right. it is totally and completely dependent on your specific relationship with your kid. I think if you start to feel better about the way you're doing things, you're probably on the right track. If you start to feel worse about what you're doing, yeah. maybe it's time to readjust. But like the idea that there's a best way, unfortunately, I don't I don't think that that is a thing. No. Um, I would also just encourage anyone who's listening who heard Stacey's question and identified with it to go back and listen to the last episode, because yeah. I feel like we dug into this on ev- almost every topic. This whole the how to set up that relationship, how to take care of yourself, um, motives. Why you know when we assign motives that aren't there. Yeah, um, we hit on that pretty heavily. Oh yeah, time. and that was with the biting too. So there's yep. a lot of themes. Yes, um, I want to say something about uh, like limit pushing with, especially with a four year old. And this is something I had to learn since my strong willed child was my third child. My like reflex reaction to things is no, like no, please don't do that. Please get down from there. Please don't yep. climb that. Please don't speak to your brother that way. Um, And I think strong-willed children, we have to really challenge ourselves to think about what, how many no's am I giving out a day and how many yeses? And what are the hills worth dying on? What are the battles worth picking? Because a strong-willed kid is like internally driven to push boundaries. And that's the part that like, I just didn't have that with my first two kids. And that's why I say when I say Reed was hard to parent at this age, I wouldn't define it as strong will. Um, Because it wasn't that boundary, that internal resistance to authority that some kids have. Um, So you like you have an opportunity, Stacey, to look very carefully at like, what are the boundaries that this kid needs for safety, for emotional health, for your relationship? And then what things can you ignore and let go? And how many times can you say yes or give this kid the opportunity to be big and mm-hmm. expressive and emotional. I mean, strong-willed kids need, they're like puppies. They need lots yep. of exercise. They need lots of laughter, lots of play. I love, I love where um, child development is going with the importance of um, not just importance of play, like for preschoolers, but like the actual release that happens when kids are like just running or playing yep. or spinning. Um, a, a strong-willed kid who isn't getting enough of that is not is going to make your life a living you know what so like a puppy making sure that they are you know exercised and sleeping well and and sort of like that baseline is probably more important for a strong-willed kid because they're just going to get off kilter and and then it starts that cycle of like now you're having to discipline more now you're feeling guilty or unsure about the way you're disciplining um so it's just then it gets into that cycle so i don't know where i was going with that but just th- pick your battles and and know that they're going to, they, they have to push boundaries. So that maybe makes you have to rethink where your boundaries are, especially if you've parented other kids and they weren't like this. Another thing we touched on in the last episode, and I totally agree with everything you just said, is that sometimes we 
are buzzing at such a high level of anticipation Ooh, yes. and and prejudging things that haven't even happened yet and borrowing trouble. And some there's something to be said for checking out a little bit yes. as a mom. Yes. Um, a little benign neglect, a little I'm not paying, I don't see you, la, 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 fingers and ears. Yep. I know that can be really hard to do, especially if it's your first time with a, a strong-willed child, especially if you're the kind of mom who's like really hands-on. Right. Um, but I think that that's probably what made the biggest difference between my first strong-willed child and my yeah. second. They were both really strong-willed. I just cared less the second time around. So my experience was better and I felt like there was less drama between you, us. You take it less personally. I'll tell a cute yes. story about last night and my strong-willed child. So um, she's very emotionally volatile. So the smallest thing can set her off. And I was helping her. She wanted to write something. She's in kindergarten. And so she wanted to write and it wasn't fitting. The letters weren't fitting on the page. You know how they get so frustrated yep. and her frustration just goes like through the roof. So she, she yelled at me, kicked me out of her room. I was in her room helping her. And she made a big sign for her bedroom door that had an S crossed out. Like Sarah can't come in. And then every <laughs> other family member's name had like a star next to it, right? So it was very clear, hilarious. like I was banished. You and, were shunned. <laughs> and my other kids were almost, they almost were like empathetic to, to me. They felt oh, sorry And I think she you. might have even yelled, you're a terrible mother. I mean, she really like, she went all the way. And I, like you said, the rise above and the just not taking it personally. Um, I always go back and say, you know, I don't like to be yelled at and I'm not going to be as willing to help if you treat me like that. And so I always address it, but like, I don't let it get to me. And it was so cute because the other kids were almost like, their feelings were hurt for me with the big sign, my, my name X'd out on the door. They were like, I'm sorry, mom. And I was like, you know what? It's, it's okay. Like, it's just okay. Like it doesn't, I don't take it personally. I, kn I know I'm not a terrible mother. And I know that she actually wants me and needs me in that room. She just like, you know, exploded like she does a million yep. times a day. And so and she's, she's testing, like, what can yeah. I do that? What, how, how far can I push you? And you'll still love me. I mean, that's like, like classic yes. right so it's it's almost like flattering if you look at it that way and the fact that a strong-willed child will off uh, child will often be the worst that they can be to the mom yes is, absolutely is actually a compliment it is even though it doesn't feel like and it. i have one more thing i think to say about holding boundaries and and choosing your boundaries because that's the thing with a strong-willed kid is they will they will needle away at your boundaries until they start to wear them down and ultimately what they need they need to know what are the real boundaries that are not like negotiable that are not yeah. movable and the problem with them pushing and pushing and pushing and then you giving in a little bit all over the place is that line becomes very clear so to me yeah. it's better to look the other way or say yes more than you might and then when it's time for a boundary you got to hold firm because they do want and need those it just gets so hard because they push everything and it's hard to keep track yeah. of like what am i what am i allowing today like what's okay and i i'm i'm in it like I, I i'm not consistent all the time either like what's okay is it okay to yell at me that you're a tailbone mother and stomp upstairs like does that does that require a response right away or am i going to ignore it it might depend on the day yeah yeah you can always do like you get to decide <laughs> in the moment yeah um yeah I think there's some great articles on strong-willed kids. I see them on Facebook a lot, like just kind of encouragement. So I'll see if I can link them up in the show notes too, Stacey, and I'll put them at themomhour.com for you. So hang in there. Okay. So this question comes from Jenna um, and it's something I can definitely relate to. I'll read, I'll read her email. Hi, Megan and Sarah. I have a question. Have you ever faced judgment or at least intrusive questioning into your family size or spacing? We recently found out we're expecting our fifth and I'm vaguely nervous to field unwanted comments on my decision to have another since I got some negative comments on having a fourth. 
My husband and I are delighted to have another and always wanted a big family, but it still stings when people project their experiences onto me. Thanks in advance. Okay. So the first thing I want to say is I experienced my first negative comment about my family size when I got pregnant with number three and I couldn't believe it. Wow. And it wasn't even really like outwardly negative. Someone just said, well, what are you going to do with three kids? And I said the same thing I do with two. I, I just remember feeling like, what? Like I have to apologize for having two kids or three kids. So, I mean, I think it's all relative and a big family to one person. Yeah will be different from a big family to another person. Um, a little bit of, I guess, reassurance. I didn't get, I was really nervous about the fifth, but I did not get um, like proportionately more negative comments for number five than I got for four. I think four was weird. Like, you know, like hands down weird to a lot of people. Yeah. Four is and, like a big divide. I think yes, three is becoming five, more common. Yeah. And five wasn't that much weirder. So like, I didn't get like, a big rush of negative comments on number five that I hadn't gotten with number four. And a lot of people had gotten it out of their system with number four. Right. <laughs> so like, I, I really didn't feel like I was more, um, like I was more criticized. I think I had also gotten more comfortable as a mom with a big family and like kind of ate it up a little bit when I would be walking around and people were like, Whoa, you've got your hands full. Uh, and people do say really dumb things. Sometimes yeah. the intent is great. And sometimes the intent is not. And I think, um, I try to assume, assume positive intent when possible. So if people say you've got your hands full, um, I try to take that as like a compliment toward me that I am managing things well, whether or not it's actually said that way is, you know, probably the, uh, well, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> you know, who knows what people actually think when they say stuff, but the more you walk around feeling like people are watching you and judging you, the more you maybe take things not in the way that they were meant. Yeah. Um, so that's just the first thing I would say. What about you, Sarah? Yeah, I know, I know three is not huge, but like it is, it is pushing it for some people. Yeah. I, I don't think I got really much negative comments or judgment. I think the closer your babies are, I yes. think that invites more. So mine were just at the two year, two and a half year where it's like societal, societally acceptable <laughs> to yeah. like be having another one. So I can't say from personal experience, but I was very curious to hear yours because five kids is you know four puts you in big kid or big family territory and five yep. is like the next level so it is i i just find it fascinating and i'm going to like i'm going to give all the grandparent age and above a free pass and just say like they're just saying dumb they're just stuff. saying well like, and they're just saying something to have something to say to you exactly like, yeah, and, so. and most of them are well meaning and even the ones that aren't i feel like Okay, just nod, pass the potatoes, right? right? Isn't that what we say? Like, yeah. The, yeah. But I still find so taking them out of the equation, I find it kind of baffling that any adult would say anything other than cr congratulations to. No, I do too. It is baffling. It's just like not cool, guys. Like you don't ask. Like I, I don't know. You don't make. You don't make the comments. So this question to me is like. Uh, I want to give Jenna, the, like you said, the confidence in number five is like just evidence that they rocked four so well yes. that like hopefully people will be like, yeah, you guys should have a fifth because yeah, you awesome. got this down. Yeah. And I so, definitely felt that way more with number five. I felt the intent. I felt the criticism so much more intently with number four. And I agree. It, it is weird that people say stuff. I think sometimes it's a weird, nervous thing. They don't know what else to say. So they just blurt something out. Um, but I've gotten, I mean, there are people who have said to me, literally like looked at me and gone, well, better you than me. And there's nothing to say to that then probably. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, and I really did have like, like real, and I didn't say them in a mean way, but I would just have like a little couple little statements that I would make that were two or three words. And I would say like, I love it. 
Yeah. Or something like that. Or people say like, I'm blessed or whatever. I mean, yeah, I think um, that's probably good. Put a smile on your face and walk away. Cause, because whether it's coming from a place of cluelessness or a place of mean spiritedness or just real negativity about motherhood in general, which you will hit the minute you become a legit breeder, which four puts you at legit breeder status, but like five is really there. People are suspicious of you because they, they know you love kids. It's weird. Like there's this weird like, well, they're looking um, for a reason. Are you extremely religious? Are yes. you, um, you do you know, not know how to use birth control? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, do you not believe in birth control? Um, like, yeah, it, it, people will say really, really dumb things. And I think you just, you just have to have the little responses that you can use that kind of shut things down. Yeah. I like, without I like having like engage. your arsenal for each one. I, there's something, um, a little bit sexist, I think, about the implication that it's out. First of all, the comments are usually Always directed at, the mom. at yeah. the mom and she may be the one that's out or visibly pregnant or whatever. But there's also this implication that like she hasn't thought this through, which I find yep. very, very offensive. <laughs> like, yep. you know, that's going to be expensive. Five college tuitions, like all of the yep. all of the comments. Um, So I like your idea as opposed to being mad or sort of like bitter or, you know, or even defensive. Defensive about it's it. It's more just having like, you know, your little canned response, whatever yes. it is. Yes. Yeah. Um, I will also say that as your kids get bigger, the feeling of being so um, in the fishbowl will get so much better. Right. They, because they're not physically all under you at all times. Yeah. And when you go out, like even when my kids, even when my kids were all the age where I was still often out with all five of them at once. Like if we were at the grocery store, two of them were, wouldn't even be walking by yeah. me. Um, so it just feels different than when a mom with a baby, a toddler, a preschooler, a six-year-old and an eight-year-old all walk in someplace together. Then everyone's like, whoa, yeah. what is this? And it, that <laughs> will change quickly. Um, and you'll become, you know, just like you jumped in to having four and you got good at it and efficient. It'll happen even more quickly with number five. And so yeah. you're going to be that pro that people actually are going to be a little bit wowed by and amazed by. And if you can focus on that, I feel like all the criticism is just, uh, it's, it's just dulled. Yeah. I mean, it's still there and it still stings and people will say really dumb things online and don't read the comments. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I think but, that's good. And and it's also helpful to know, cause at least at the time that Jenna sent us this, she, they had pretty much just found out and hadn't started telling people. So you do kind of have to brace yourself like anything, yeah. like any big piece of news that you're like, oh, I don't know how the world's going to take this. It's it's a relatively finite period of time. You're going to get the comments when you announce. You're going to get yep. the comments as your pregnancy grows and it's real obvious to the p- public world. Um, but it's a finite period of time and you get infinite amount of joy and love from a fifth baby. So yes. hopefully that just kind of arms And be you. loud and proud about it. Like when yeah. you, you know, don't apologize to the world when you announce the pregnancy or when the baby is born or whatever it is, like this is an awesome thing you're doing. A lot of people would never do it. A lot of people could never do it. So yeah. there you go. Um, can I tell you this episode idea about I have about big families? Because maybe yes. Jenna will help us out. I don't know. I have this idea. I've had it for a while that I want to do an episode where we take like life hacks and home hacks from parents of many kids, but then apply them to like, like, like big family hacks that all families can use. Because I feel like the most genius parents, the most laid back, like inventive, resourceful, cool parents are parents of many kids because you kind of have to be. So I think it would be so fun. We have a lot of like blogging and podcasty friends who either have a lot of kids or grew up in families with lots of kids. So I think that would be really fun to like have kind of a um like a, an episode where we pull advice from all different sources about running a big family household. 
and yeah, I will just I would love that idea. I'll, I'll just absorb it because I'm just I'm absorb a three kid <laughs> household. But Jenna, congratulations on your pregnancy, and we yeah, are congrats. rooting That's for awesome. you. Love it. We are welcoming back Ritual as a sponsor today. Megan, we both try to make healthy choices, but you know, sometimes it's tricky to sort through fact and fiction when it comes to supplements and vitamins to figure out just what they're doing for us. That's why I'm glad Ritual keeps studying their products and sharing the results, especially as it relates to women, since women are the focus of all Ritual's products, including the Essential for Women 18 Plus multivitamin. And the results are super reassuring. Just as an example, Ritual conducted a university-led clinical trial for their Essential for Women 18 Plus multivitamin, and it was shown to increase vitamin D levels by 43% and omega-3 DHA levels by 41% in just 12 weeks. Ritual's Essential for Women 18 Plus multivitamin is made with high-quality and traceable key nutrients in clean, bioavailable forms with nine key nutrients in two capsules per day. Plus, they are leading the industry when it comes to sustainability. They use lower carbon packaging and prioritize sustainably sourced ingredients. That kind of thoughtfulness really matters to me. No more shady business. Ritual's Essential for Women 18 Plus is a multivitamin you can actually trust. Get 25% off your first month at ritual.com slash the mom hour. Start Ritual or add the Essential for Women 18 Plus to your subscription today. That's ritual.com slash the mom hour for 25% off. Sarah, we're welcoming our sponsor, Element. That's spelled L-M-N-T, a zero sugar electrolyte drink that leans on current science about what our bodies really need in order to deliver the most effective hydration possible. You know, Sarah, Eric is really into keeping up with health research, and he's been insisting to me for years that we actually need more salt to stay hydrated. Turns out Element agrees because they've developed their product based on a growing body of research that shows that for optimal health outcomes, we actually need to be taking in sodium levels at two to three times government recommendations. That's a big difference. Yeah, it really is, Megan. And, you know, electrolyte deficiency or imbalances can cause headaches, cramps, fatigue, brain fog and weakness. I know I can feel really rotten when I'm dehydrated. And also, I don't love the taste of plain water, so I'm not that great about drinking it. Element makes a huge difference in how much I'm enjoying my hydration and in how I feel, and it's super easy to fit it into my daily routine. My favorite flavor of Element is the grapefruit, but if that's not for you, we're going to get you set up with a variety pack so you can find your favorite Element flavor. Plus, Element has a no questions asked refund policy. You don't even have to send the product back to get your refund. Yeah, you can receive a free Element sample pack containing one packet of eight flavors. So you'll get eight total packets free with any order when you purchase through our custom URL. That's drinkelement.com slash momhour, D-R-I-N-K-L-M-N-T slash momhour. This offer is available exclusively through our partnership and it's available for both new and returning customers. To get that offer, again, go to drinkelement.com slash momhour. Okie dokie. <laughs> we get to play uh, the audio for Emily's question. So let's do that now. I have a question about puppy love and young crushes. Um, my oldest son is in middle elementary school and he is starting to show kind of an interest in um, girls in that way. It's very appropriate. It's very just like, oh, she's kind of cute or, oh, she's funny. And he has friends who have started saying things like, oh, he like likes her and she like likes him. And um, I have no idea how to have these conversations with my child. I feel like I'm set for physical puberty 
because that's very, it's not cut and dried, but like there's books and there's doctors, but there's not really any of that that I can find for talking about the emotions and how it's a new emotion for him. And he's finding it kind of embarrassing, but I want him to be able to talk to me about it and his little brother when the time comes. And I just, I'm hoping that you've got some tips for me. Okay. Emily, thanks for the question. I have to say, this is one of those things that I'm always a little taken aback by at how different people are about the way they treat crushes and boyfriend, girlfriend stuff in for little kids. And I will say that my, my approach um, for anyone less than say 12 Mm -hmm. has always been to kind of neither encourage nor discourage crushes, neither encourage nor discourage puppy love. It is what it is. I don't love when people try to like play matchmaker for their kids. I think that's weird. I do too. I don't (laughs) like it when adults say that they're so-and-so has a girlfriend or a boyfriend or whatever. Um, I really don't like that actually. I I don't either. To me, it's like layering all kinds, like projecting all kinds of adult stuff on kids that don't need it because you know, I had a huge crush when I was in second grade. Um, but to me, what did it even mean to have a crush? I didn't want a boyfriend. I actually remember right. this boy calling me in fourth grade, the same boy I had a crush on from like second to sixth grade. He called me in fourth grade and asked me to go with him. I had no idea what that meant. So I was like, go where? Go where? I don't understand. And then I hung up and then I asked, I don't know, my mom or a friend. And they told me and I was like, oh, no, I should have said yes. But then I had a moment of like, I'm so relieved I didn't say yes. Yeah. Because I didn't want ready. a boyfriend. I wanted yeah. a crush. It was a very different thing. My mom didn't need to be involved in my yeah. crush. Like there was really no need for an adult to put any of their stuff on what I was feeling about a boy at yes. that time of my life. It's a little different. I had a really cute um, situation. I won't name which kid this is because it could be potentially embarrassing, but maybe I've actually already talked about it on here, but one of my sons got a girlfriend uh-huh. and like all of on Instagram. Um, it was age 12 Okay, and all of his cousins and brothers were with him. So they all ran to me together to show me on the phone where she had said yes via Instagram <laughs> that they were going to be boyfriend and girlfriend. And I thought that was actually really adorable. And there was all these other relatives, like all the aunts and uncles. We said it was like it was at the holiday and everyone's standing around and everyone's congratulating him. And really the funny cute. thing is, the funny thing is, I think he just wanted for her to say yes. I don't, then it didn't like nothing, nothing changed. They don't go anywhere. They don't, no, they don't do go anything. anywhere. Their relationship completely yeah. remained the same. I asked him at one point, so what does that even mean? And he said, well, sometimes we sit uh, by each other on the bus now. Oh. So like nothing had changed. And I, besides acknowledging that he wanted me to know and was super excited, I didn't feel the need to get involved at all. So uh, I guess um, to answer Emily's question, I think it's, like, I think it's great that you want him to be able to talk to you about it, but I wouldn't expect that he will, you know, or yeah. like, and I don't think he has to. I, I, it's such a personal thing. Right. It's not the same as sex. It's not the same as dating. Right. It's puppy love and crushes. It's yeah. just different. I don't know, Sarah, what do you think? Okay. So I, first of all, I think some kids are wired to have crushes from very young and some yes. kids are not. So I think in her case, she says he's middle elementary school. So let's say third or fourth grade. That's maybe. what I was thinking. Yeah. Um, it may be that he had never thought of girls in this way before. And that it's kind of like a sudden um, like, oh, this is this is a thing. And I also can't totally tell from 
her question if it's his genuine feelings or if it's also that friends are starting to talk about this and it's starting to be like a thing that's talked about in class. And I, I distinctly remember that I was a kid who had crushes on boys from kindergarten. I mean, I can tell you exactly who I had crushes on from kindergarten on, but I think a couple of my kids, it has not been on their radar until later. And then I have one who follows more of the, like came, came out ready to, you know, charm the boys. So, um, I think knowing that every kid comes to it differently, I love everything that you said about not projecting like that this means something more adult than they're ready for, but that it's just a natural evolution of feelings. Um, I think if he's willing to talk to you, I would I would probably ask questions about the the peer, not peer pressure element, but especially with boys, I think they're likely to be teased or given a hard time for having yeah. any emotions or feelings. And I would while he's young enough to still talk to you, I would probably really encourage like, hey, what, you know, what's what's the chat around the classroom about this? How does that how does that make you feel like what can we do if we feel embarrassed or, you know, because it would be a bummer for very natural puppy love feelings to be shamed by peers. Do you know what I or, mean? Or or to be turned into something uh the kids aren't ready for right and you hear about kids getting sexually active really young these days and i think often that's because they have feelings they don't know what to do with right and then are like pressured into this adult manifestation of a kid feeling right so yeah i mean i'm definitely not saying like emily shouldn't encourage her son to talk i just think it's also totally okay if he doesn't want to (laughs) yes and if if it's something that's very private to him i think that's pretty normal too i I totally uh, agree yeah i I wouldn't want to embarrass him more by like pushing it i guess no no not at all um and i was sort of i yeah it, it totally depends on how much he's bringing it up. I think it's also a good, um, we, I have had with my fifth grader, some conversations about gossip. Um, yeah. and I think this is a good opportunity to educate kids on like you get, your feelings are great and normal and they're your feelings and you get to decide who you share them with. And mm-hmm. we can like all acknowledge that it does not feel good when our secrets are betrayed or yes. someone is gossiping about us. So I think this is like a prime time to, you know, flip the mirror around on kids and and use it as a way to talk about it does not feel good when people are talking about who we like yep. or who likes who. Yep. And so that's a good I don't know. I think it's a good learning opportunity about gossip. And if if the kid is really private, he might learn to keep those feelings relatively private. Otherwise, they're going to get talked about. I don't know. Yeah. Well, and that and I think sometimes there's these the trick I've always kind of tried to use when talking about anything that's difficult to talk about with my kids is to talk about it as though we're not talking about them, you know, in general, like, so what's like you said, what's the chat in your classroom or how do kids in your class have crushes yet? And sometimes I just play really dumb. Mm -hmm. Like I'll just be like, Hey, so like, is that a thing yet? You know, second grade, third grade, are people having crushes? I can't remember. And if I just play really stupid, they want to educate me Yeah, and they might, they may be talking about themselves indirectly or they might not but they're either either way they're getting a chance to get something out and sometimes more comes out that way I have found them when I directly ask my kid what's going on with them I agree and I think that for everything yes you can use that for everything you can also sprinkle in your own memories in a very like in a very not preachy way be like yeah I think I do remember like I remember having some crushes when I was in whatever grade um, and that will sometimes get their attention real fast. Like, what? Yeah. You did? Like, what? You did? You were human? Um, yeah. Yeah. I think that's, I, I'd be curious to hear what other listeners 
think yeah, about too. this, but um, I think it's really normal. I hope Emily knows and her son knows it's really normal and really sweet. And like you said, it's not it's not like some foreboding gateway right. to other inappropriate things. It is what it is. Oh, crush. Crushes. Well, I wonder where I wonder where Kenny is. He was my first. Crush. <laughs> oh, Kenny. Where are you at, son? Where are you at, Kenny? All right. Um, Should we move on? Yeah. So we're going to play another question. And this is, I have to set this up, but you heard this one and you were like, oh, this is a Christmas question. And I'm like, oh, yeah, it is. And it's October and we're going to talk about it. Right. Okay. You're Um, right. So let's hear from Anna. Hi, Sarah and Megan. This is Anna from Ohio. I am just wanting to ask some questions about gift giving. I know that you've done some gift giving guides for what to give children, um, but I'm starting to think about upcoming holidays and I wanna make sure that we give our parents something really amazing. They have been the biggest help with our son over the last year and I wanna make sure that they are honored and given something extremely special at Christmas. I would love to hear some of the best ideas that you have um, for gifts that you've given to your parents what are some good grandparent gifts at the holidays thanks so much love your show okay sarah i have a feeling you're going to have a lot more um specific you're just really good at this kind of thing and i feel like this is something i kind of always um i don't know yeah no i have the last minute but i do have one okay good anything with photos on it yeah so like a canvas people canvas would be an mm-hmm. awesome. I know they're a sponsor. This is not a sponsored recommendation, but that would be an amazing and very unique gift, mm-hmm. I think, to give um, or to a grandparent or a photo book. And we've done mm-hmm. those through chat books. We've done those. I've done them at Walgreens. Mm-hmm. Like there's lots of different ways to do those. I've given all of those things as grandparent gifts and they're always very well appreciated. Calendars. I used to do calendars every year, yeah. like Shutterfly. And all of the photo services are getting, they're just getting cheaper and easier and so I think, yes, I would second that. Anything with photos. First of all, Anna, I think it's so nice that you're thinking about this, especially early in the season. Um, I'm going to recommend some more like experience-based gifts. So yep. it sounds like they have been a big help with your son over the last year. So I'm going to assume they are either local or or semi-local where you get to see them more often. Um, I think as kids go into toddler, so taking care of a baby as a grandparent is so fun and sweet. And then you have to remember that like grandparents have to keep building the relationship with the kid as the kid changes and toddlers may want to do different things. They may go through a clingy phase where they only want mom. And so I think whatever you can do to continue to like, I I see it as like nurturing the relationship, but in a very like hands-off way. Like I'm not going to get yeah. in there and make you sit on grandpa's lap, but I'm going to, I'm going to set the stage so that that bonding can occur. So just a couple of things you could do, like some kind of membership to a zoo or a children's museum that's in their name that if, again, if this made sense for your logistical yep. situation, I think that could be really cool. Or even a one-time thing like tickets to like a, a theater ticket, a theater or ticket or like a weekend, some, like mm-hmm. at a water park or something like that. Yeah. yeah. Um, because I think grandpa, especially as kids get older, um, grandparents can have a hard time. Like what, you know, what are they into? What, what would be fun for everybody? Um, so I think that could be a fun one. I think on a practical note, if they are actually doing some of the caregiving, um, or helping out quite a bit, whatever you can set them up with, um, in their home that would make it easier, whether it's a second, you know, like a second tricycle for the backyard. I know a lot of grandparents, um, do that kind of stuff like secondhand, like get a secondhand little sandbox or playhouse or something to, to say like, we love having our child at your home and want it to be fun. So I think that can be really fun. 
Um, let's see. What else did I think of? I feel like one thing. Yeah, go go ahead. ahead. No, you. Well, I was gonna say one thing. I went just to back up really quick to go to your experience thing. I love that idea so much. And the thing that popped into my head as we were talking about it is, I would make sure it's something the kid is going to be super excited about. Yes, definitely. Maybe even more excited than the grandparents because the last thing you want, yeah, is like grandma and grandpa dragging your kid to something they don't really want to do. That's not a great dynamic. So yeah. And that year between one and two that she's heading into is kind of a hard one. So you, some of our ideas you might even take for future, future years. Yes. Um, The photo gifts are always a go-to. I know that this isn't even tied to the kids necessarily, but I love gifts for my parents and my in-laws that solve a problem that I can easily solve for them. So we like we give our parents a lot of like technology help or like help getting I've done like organizational projects for my parents. Like, let me help you organize your photos on your computer or, you know, let me help you get a bunch. You're buying a new phone. Let's go shopping together and I'll set it up for you. Exactly. I don't even like doing that stuff. So And and I like my parents and in-laws are they're hip to the tech, but not as much as we are because it's just it's just a generational difference um i also have another sponsor shout out that is not sponsoring this episode and i don't even know if we're working with them this fall at all but that is StoryWorth. our listeners in the past who have used it have loved it but just you can just go to storyworth.com again that's not plugged because i don't think we have a promo with them right now but it's a way to record family memories and family stories um mostly by email but you can also use voicemail and so it's a really cool gift that kind of lasts the whole year and i think there's so much when you have your own kids you start to think about these generational things like yeah. preserving the stories from the generation above for your own kids so StoryWorth. um it's such a unique service too i think it's really cool so that would definitely be something different that you know their friends probably wouldn't have yeah exactly yeah um i'm trying to think i mean after that we go into the classic socks books Mm -hmm. um yeah i love giving gifts that we can all enjoy together so yeah a game like a board game a board game a movie something Mm -hmm. like that that everyone can do together Yeah. yeah But um, I also again, that might range that might be different based on the age of the kid that you're talking. about. Right. But it's still yeah, yeah, it's still a nice way to think. So now's a good time to um, plug the fact that we do have gift guide episodes, which Anna acknowledged. I think she listened last year. So we did three gift guides um, last year for babies and toddlers and then little kids and then big kids and teens. And um, if you like Anna and like me like to start thinking about holiday gift lists as early as October, you should definitely go listen to those. I'll link them up in the show notes. Um, but this has given us inspiration that maybe we should create a list this year of like gifts yeah. for other adults in Love your life. Idea. Cause I think we could definitely touch on some more. Yep. Agreed. Yeah. All right. Did we solve all the world's Problems? I don't know if we solved them, but we did our best. We did our best. We, um, did our, okay. we solved as much as we could today. <laughs> yes. In this in this brief meeting. Yes. Um, all right. Well, I'm going to do our cue it up segment this week. You did it last week. Um, and it's a perfect fit for Anna's question. And so last year in October, we did an episode called Holiday Prep Now for an easier December. And it's purposely aired in October. And it wasn't just about gift buying. It was all kinds of um, ways to think about the holiday season ahead of time so that you're less stressed and scrambling last minute. We talked about things like calendar planning for the things you really want to do um, and all kinds of all kinds of ways to think about holiday prep. So if you are a planner, that's from October 25th of 2017, and it's called Holiday Prep Now for an easier December. And you can just scroll back in your app, whatever you're listening to us on right now, 
and click that one. It's, it was a really fun one. It was another I remember, one, Megan. I dragged well, you. I dragged yes, you kicking and screaming. That's what I was just going to say. I remember kind of being like, you cray. It's yeah. like October. I'm not ready to talk about this stuff yet. But <laughs> when we really dug in, first of all, I realized I had a lot more to say than I thought. That yeah. often happens. And also that it was closer than I thought. Yes. You know, you by the time you get into November... It's like you're there. And I, so. I fully acknowledge that there's like a good half of our listenership who's like, meh, I don't care. I, I like the big December buzz feeling. I'd have no yeah. need to obsess about this two months early. And so I am not taking that away from anybody. But that episode is there for the other half of you who, I don't know, you can't help yourselves. Your brain just goes there <laughs> like mine. Um, Sarah, we should also talk a little bit about Patreon. Let's do. Yes. Well, I'm so excited to see the names trickling in yeah. um, of people who are joining our Patreon community. Um, as a reminder, that is a kind of a way to support us beyond just listening. Um, it, the fees from that cover sort of things that we wouldn't be able to do otherwise. And there's also some benefits in it for you. If you join as a patron, you get freebies and little bonuses. Like we have a private Facebook community, which has been really fun so far. We've really got, fun. um, we've got content that'll be exclusive to patrons and things like that. So check it out. Um, and you can just go to it's, patreon.com slash the mom hour so that's p-a-t-r-e-o-n.com slash the mom hour and just to let you guys know some of these benefits come out quarterly mm -hmm. and so we want we need you to you know get go ahead and get signed up in the next month or so because the first quarterly benefits are going to drop in early november yep yeah i have just been really enjoying getting to know listeners at a more i yeah. feel like a little more intimate level in the facebook group um it's not it, Everything that you already get for free is not going away. We're not yeah, you, using this. You're always going to get up to, you know, about, about eight episodes a month for free. Yep. That's not going to change. And we'll, we uh, will continue to, of course, interact with you on our Facebook and our Instagram communities and by email. So it's not like it's not nothing is changing there. But there's a different um, a different vibe in the Facebook group because it is sort of like a inner circle situation. Yep. And it's really fun to get to know listeners and see people interact with each other. So I've it's just just really kicking off the last week or so. But I've been enjoying that a lot. Me too. A whole bunch. All right, guys. Well, um, let us know, as always, what you think of our advice for our listeners. You can always email us your advice questions or your um, listener questions at hello at themomhour.com. Bonus points if you record your voice saying them. We, you got to hear some voices today, and we love it so much. And then everything we talked about will link up at themomhour.com. And Megan will be back with everybody soon. See you soon. Hi everyone, Megan here. Sarah and I would absolutely love it if you would hit pause right now, like right where you're listening, and leave the Mom Hour a rating and review. If our show has helped you feel a little more confident as a mom or a little less alone, this is one of the biggest ways you can thank us, and it really only takes about 30 seconds. If you're listening to Apple Podcasts, you can navigate to the Mom Hour's show listing. So when you're in the episode you're listening to right now, click where it says the Mom Hour just above the play button, and then scroll all the way to the bottom and you will see the ratings and reviews. We would love if you would leave us one as well. Thank you so much for listening. The Mom Hour is brought to you by partners like Chatbooks. Chatbooks makes it beyond easy to create beautiful photo books by importing your digital photos from anywhere. Instagram, Facebook, Google Photos, or directly from your phone. The books come in a variety of sizes with beautiful cover options and binding styles to choose from. And they start at just $15. Plus, we have a great deal just for our listeners. Use code THEMOMHOUR20 to save 20% off your purchase. Just download the Chatbooks app and use code THEMOMHOUR20 to save 20%.